please turn in your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And as you're turning there, we started off our service where it said, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above, which is a more excellent name. And I'm in Philippians chapter 2. It's okay. You can turn to 1 Thessalonians 4. That it, the name of Jesus, that every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I love the latter part of verse 11 where it says, To the glory of God the Father. Isn't that amazing? That every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And yet, when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, it is to the glory of our Lord and Savior and to God the Father. I love that passage. Paul really gave such a descriptive, I think, visual of what truly being at the feet of Jesus is all about. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong unto the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us. This morning, I'm just going to take our church through a family room Bible study. And I really, as I was considering what to preach and what to say even this morning, to offer words of encouragement to Karen. Yet, what I wanted to do is I wanted to just kind of express through the message this morning and understanding what death is, what sorrow is, what, what pain, and yet what life is all about. You see, death is not an easy thing to accept. Even under the best of circumstances, death is a very terrible thing. Nature has its seasons, but death can come to anyone at any time. And at any place. And truly we know not what a day may bring forth. We come here today with sorrow in our hearts and questions on our minds as to why these things happen. And can we really know? There are many unexplainable sorrows in life and we must simply leave these in the hands of God who knows all things. All of us are sorrowful here today. But I love that the Bible does teach us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 to not be naive, to not be ignorant. He says, brethren, it's, it's more of a family. It's more, he's re, it's relational. He says, concerning them which are asleep that you sorrow not, even as those who have no hope. Some here may have a sorrow with no hope beyond the grave, while others have the sorrow of a friend, of a husband that has gone on a long journey, and all of us will be joining that friend shortly. The Christian who dies and the believer who remains will one day meet again. And for many of us, we call that our glad reunion. Matt knew the Lord. 
And he settled it at the cross several years ago. My wife was putting on some pictures, and and I, I loved looking on Facebook and seeing some of the pictures of Matt and Karen and of the kids. And as I was going through and I was just reflecting, I couldn't help but to look at the the latter part of it at the very end, and there was Matt in the baptismal waters. I remember a young man who came into this church, and when the church was turned around and I was up there preaching, I remembered right where you guys sat. And I remember the look on Matt's face. And I remembered the Holy Spirit moving him and, and just motivating him. And all of a sudden, the kid who came in had his arms crossed, And he was kind of slouched down and he already told me that he made up his mind that he was coming into church to sleep on that day. And every time I shot at glory, I figured I would wake him up. And that really wasn't the case. But, you know, you guys have heard me do that. And people often wonder, why do you do that, preacher? Well, it's because if I see somebody doze, I figure it will just kind of wake you right out of your your Holy Spirit coma. But anyhow, uh, but I'll never forget As he explained his life, and I remember that day was a turning point for Matt Hott. On that day was a turning point for our brother in the Lord, for your husband, for a phenomenal dad, and a provider. And yet I remember, I just remember, as he started taking steps to walk closer and closer and closer with the Lord. And I remembered him even saying, okay, I got some explaining to do for you. Now, I have these tattoos, and these were the tattoos of the old day, and, the, and I need to do something about the tattoos of my new day. And so he started redoing them, didn't he, Karen? And he says, now I can explain them to people, and this is the new man in Christ. He even put scripture on his body because he loved his tattoos, and, and he loved that his body was kind of an open book for him to spread the gospel. And that's what I loved about Matt. And so here in our family room, there's many things that all of us could probably say that we loved about him as well. And the impact that he left upon our life. But I just want to comfort your hearts and ease the pain of his loss this morning. I want to make two statements this morning. And first of all, Matt did not die. God's children do not die. Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 26, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Matt did not die. He simply changed residence and has a new address. You know, we, we get so concerned, and yes, My heart breaks and my heart grieves and I've spent a lot of time not being able to sleep and just wrestling with some thoughts in my mind because we all go to that place, but you're young people and you have little people that you're raising and Karen, you don't have to do this alone. And I think you know that now, don't you? And I I do believe that as this church has been journeying with her this week, that We will continue the journey with you. You know, God loves widows. And He honors those. And yet I know it's still difficult. Because 
the, the time of uh, grief and of journeying through grief and mourning is very, very hard. Like the old poem, it says, I cannot think of them as dead who walk with me no more. Along the path of life I tread, they have but gone before. Yes, gone to glory. Brother Matt simply changed residence from this world to the city of God. God has blessed all of us with a covering that houses our soul. That grows old and someday returns to the very place that God created it. Where? The earth. The important part, the soul, the being that made Matt, went to be with the Lord. It is almost like, and I guess for myself, I, I, I use the comparison... It's like receiving a letter in the mail. We let the covering drop to the side and we read and keep the letter inside because that was important to us. God has left the outside here for a while but has taken Matt to be with him. So we realize that was just a shell. That was just a covering. And we claim to the hope to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We are told that when those who serve in the ranks of the Salvation Army, when they die, they are listed, not under the heading of deaths, but under the heading promotions. And as I was thinking last evening, as I was sitting on my deck, it was a beautiful night. And who would think that we went from 100 degrees down to 60 degrees last night? I get all confused in Ohio. So I turned on our little heater thing that we have outside, and I just sat out there for a couple hours. And I wanted to tell Karen this. He finally got promoted. And he's promoted to glory. What a, what a comforting thought, isn't it? What a peaceful thought that is. Even now, Matt walks among the patriarchs of the Bible. He did not die. He simply fell asleep in the arms of Jesus. So we see that we have an outside covering. And we realize that we have the inward soul. And yet that leaves us and it goes into the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for those that know him as Lord and Savior. Second, this may be a shocker, but if my Bible is right, I believe it is. If I understand anything of the glories of heaven, then I believe that it is safe to say that with only two exceptions, Matt would not want to come back into this world of sin, pain, trial and sorrow. I believe there's two exceptions to that. Maybe to ease your sorrow. To be with you, Karen, and to be with the kids. Maybe to urge some loved ones to turn to the Lord. And I was thinking, I also believe that Matt has already seen the angels for the first time. He has heard the angelic choir, seen sights man has never seen, walked the streets of gold, and talked to the people of the Bible. Best of all, he has seen Jesus. You don't want me to have to get all old-fashioned up in here and start waving a hanky. Because I will. Because <laughs> he's in the arms of Jesus. And that's the comfort that we have. And I want you to know that I know Matt knew the Lord. He and I have spent hours, haven't we, on the phone and counseling and talking and just being at the house that had a special place in my heart. He'll be sorely missed. Edward Guest, 
lost his little daughter and wrote this poem. If they could write, what glorious news they have to tell. If only they could write today, those who have gone afar to dwell. Where all the glorious spirits stay, in fancy then I sit it down. What Marjorie would pen for me, I've touched the hem of Jesus' gown. The way they did in Galilee, and thinking thus, I am content to bear the loneliness and wait, because I know his days are spent in the company of heaven's great. But if I were to change the second verse of that, and as he wrote it for his, his daughter, in fancy then I set it down, what Matt would pen for me, I've touched the hem of Jesus' gown, the way they did in Galilee. Isn't that comforting? No, I don't believe that your loved one, our friend, would want to come back here because he's in the arms of Jesus. And what a comforting thought. You know, this has been a difficult month for... For some that don't know this, we've had all kinds of funerals this month. The most in the history of the 12 years of New Hope Christian Fellowship. Anne's lost her brother. And our hearts grieve for the loss of your brother. And you've been in our prayers. It's difficult. As my wife lost her grandmother this month. And as Pat lost his mother this month. Found out that his uncle had passed away and then just on friday cindy buries her uncle it's been a difficult month and if there's anything that we've learned through all this that god loves us that he cares for us and that he's with us to get us through now for another question that we need to ask today why did this happen You see, nature has its seasons, but death has no season. Nature has its seasons, but death has no season. It can come to anyone at any time and at any place. Truly, the Bible is seen to be true when it says, We know not what a day may bring forth out of Proverbs 27, verse 1. Hebrews 9, 27 says, And it is appointed unto man once to die. In Psalms 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. So why do our loved ones die? Can we know why? And I understand there are many unexplainable sorrows in life, and we must simply trust our loving God who knows all things. There is much we do not know, and even if we did, we would still feel the sorrow. We would still feel the pain. And we would still feel the loss. But God has reasons for all he allows and has a word for every heart and every heartache. We do not know why a preacher's wife dies on an operating table due to a mistake in blood type or why a little baby is taken before it draws its first breath. But I know what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly. In closing, and I know this was short, but it's very hard to stay focused in a time such as this. 
But I want you to remember this. Here's what the Bible teaches us. Death is not the end, but the beginning. Death is not the end, but the beginning. Death is not a loss, but a gain. And I know in the song it says, heaven has gained. And you know, you know the old verse that we most of us say, our loss is heaven's gain. Especially when you look at the scripture that says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of his saints. And third, death is not a defeat, but a victory. Joseph Jennings went on the verge of the glorious world to which Matt has gone on too. And here's how he explained. Beautiful, what a morning. His weeping wife, not seeing what he saw, said, Honey, should I open up the shutters to give you a better view? Oh, he said, I have seen a great way beyond those shutters. And I don't need a better view. Care, may I encourage you to look beyond the shutters of this world today and see Jesus. And as a church, let us look to Him as our refuge, as our strength, as our comfort, and more importantly, as our Savior. So take His hand. Take His hand. Matthew 14, 12, speaking of death of John the Baptist. It says, And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. Let us turn to Jesus this hour and tell him, for he cares for you. He cares for each and every one of you. My dear friend, a young man that I love with all my heart, was promoted to glory. But let us have peace and comfort in knowing our God has welcomed him in and our promises are true. There's an old song that talks about Beulah Land. That talks about I'm kind of homesick for a city to which I've never been before. And yet, many of us await that glorious day when we'll be in the arms of Jesus. But I want you to know this morning that God is with you. He said He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And Karen, as you journey through this, we promise to never leave you or forsake you. George Yance was with the cathedrals, which was a Southern Gospel Quartet. And one of his last concerts that he had, he was sitting there on the, on the, the stage. They brought him up a chair. And he started singing an old song called Beyond the Sunset. And if many of you that do not know who George Yance is, he sung with a bass voice like, Beyond the Sunset. 
just a soothing, comforting voice. But with that comforting voice, the music continued to play and he stopped singing. And as I was listening to that last evening in the quietness of just sitting on the deck, I thought, I've got to share this poem. So he starts to quote a poem that really resonated. And he said this, Should you go first, and I remain, to walk the road alone, I'll live in memories, garden dear, with happy days we've known. In spring, I'll wait for roses red when faded the lilacs blue. In early fall, when brown leaves fall, I'll catch a glimpse of you. Should you go first and I remain for battles to be fought, each thing you've touched along the way will be a hallowed spot. I'll hear your voice. I'll see your smile. Though blindly I may grope, the memory of your helping hand will buoy me on with hope. Should you go first and I remain, one thing I'll have you do, walk slowly down that long, long path, for soon I'll follow you. I want to know each step you take so I may take the same. For someday down that lonely road, you'll hear me call your name. Should you go first, and I remain. I love that in our family room setting, I just had to do this for us. This isn't the memorial service, but it's a time where we have the Word of God that comforts us and helps us. And that's what—that's truly what Christianity is about. And, and I love what, what Pastor T said the other evening, and I want all of you to know we had our deacons and trustees and their wives, and we spent quite some time in prayer over you, Karen, and your family. And he said, why do we always think that this would never happen at our church? You see, because we're a small church. Those things don't happen in small churches. Because again, it's our season. And in our season, we know that we can lean on our Lord and Savior. So take his hand. I just want Matt to know that even though he's been promoted to glory, and even though his short life is over here on this earth, heaven must be like for him. How comforting is that? I ask you this morning, if Matt were to come back here, here's what he would say to you. Live your life for Jesus. Dedicate your life for Jesus. Be sold out for Jesus because you do not know when you'll take your last breath and you'll end up in the arms of Jesus. So this morning, if you do not know the Lord as your Savior, all you've got to do is accept Him. Confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart that He is Lord. Let us take you through that prayer. Let us encourage you and comfort you. And know that you too have a hope. Jesus Christ went to the cross and we have hope because of the cross. Because of His death. Because of His burial. Because of His resurrection. 
we too have that great gift of salvation. We accept Him today. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Will you take His hand? Will you cry out to Him today? Let's all stand. And as we stand and as we pray, one of the songs that we sing here is called At the Foot of the Cross. We know it's not easy. This morning I just ask that you'll dedicate your prayer time to be at the foot of the cross. Commit that prayer time for Karen and the family that God will give her strength as she journeys through the difficult days ahead. And that we as a church surely will miss Matt and we will feel the loss. But we know that he's in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Father, our hearts are heavy this morning. And yet we know that how difficult it is to to realize that how can a young guy have such a short life but God I pray that you'll be with Ron and Pam with Brian with Kirk and Chris with grandparents and aunts and uncles that will Surely miss Matt. And Father, I pray that you'll be with this church. Comfort them during this difficult time as well. But more importantly, Father God, we pray that you'll be with Karen. Uplift her. Which she feels like when she gets out of bed, she just doesn't want to stand up. And she doesn't have the energy. May she be reminded that you're there to pick her up. You even say in your words that you'll uplift her with your everlasting arms. May she draw strength from you in the days of weakness ahead. And then, Father, I pray that if there's someone here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that they will come and accept you as Lord. You didn't go to the cross. It wasn't a theatrical play. You went to the cross because you loved this world. And so you died to give us life. Life everlasting. So, Father, we hold on to the truths of your word. And as we kneel and we bow, may we remember the sufferings of the cross, the sufferings of this world. Father, you even wept at the tomb of Lazarus. So you know the feeling of loss. So Lord, we come to you today. And we cry out to you today. In your holy name we pray. Amen.